Mirasan, konnichiwa. Welcome to Java's in Japan podcast. And today we'll continue our talk about Okinawan history, and particular about, well, what happened to Okinawa after Pacific War. For after the Pacific War, World War II, well, Okinawa wasn't Japan, it was an American province. Up until 1972. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about that history and, well, Okinawa today. Because, well, the Americans are still here. And if you look at a map of Okinawa, there's a lot of places what are American army bases. And that shocked me a little bit and made me look into it a little bit more. So, that, so today's episode is the results of that research. So, Minasan, enjoy! So in my previous episode, I talked about Okinawa, how it became it before that it was the kingdom of Ryukyu, an independent kingdom, but sadly they got taken over like secretly by the Satsuma clan, but when the Japan government decided to like revolutionize, become westernized in the Meiji Revolution, they basically was like, oh you're over now, you're the Okinawa prefecture, and it stayed Okinawa prefecture until end of World War II. Because in World War II, everyone kind of knows Japan, well, they put up a very vicious fight the Japanese Empire with the Americans, and it was a very brutal war. And in 1945, the Americans, one of the last places they a full land invasion on was Okinawa. And this, well, was a very, very brutal fight. And a lot of the population of Okinawa got stuck in between the crossfire, and led to like one in eight citizens of Okinawa dying in the battle. And as I previously said in another episode, 80%, like a large amount of Okinawan sort of cultural property just got destroyed. The place was basically just left a wasteland. As I found one number for like every Okinawan citizen, the Americans fired 57 artillery rounds. Like something mental like that. They just absolutely flattened the place. So there's not much left. And the citizens who did flee, they got put in camps. And after the war and they got let out, we didn't really have much to go back to. And it was like, ah, kind of got abandoned by the Japanese army and the, the crops, so it led to a lot of famine. But the Americans kind of helped out in this sort of way. Like, they put a lot of bases and it kind of sustained the people of Okinawa for employment, education as well, establishing new schools, new roads, new buildings, like... The castle, Shorty Castle, was a big pride of Kino Ryukyu, got turned into Ryukyu Uni- Okinawa University. Not that today, it got moved to rebuild the uh, Shorty Castle, but they put a lot of effort in to make, well, Okinawa a place again, right? Because it was, they had completely obliterated it. But there were still several issues that lingered on. It was like after the war, like World War II, they had the Korean War. So this actually was the main place for American army bases, so the army bases got bigger, and people's houses, well, they got bulldozed to make ways for new runways, what led to a little bit of unrest, but the people couldn't really do much about it, because, well, they were still occupied. And the Americans' first idea for how to govern the Okinawans is put up smaller governments in each of the islands, so it was four main areas, they put four main governments, but it's like managing that's a bit awkward, so they brought them all together. And in 1952, the Ryukyu government was formed. Which like, yeah, the kingdom of Ryukyu is back. But this is still pretty much controlled 
by the Americans. They had a little thing over that the Americans control the USA, the USCAR, and then above that, that's the American president, right? So they're still pretty much under the rule of the Americans, even though they say they have their own government, which is not pretty much run by the Americans. They get to choose who goes in. And this led to sort of Okinawa restoration movements kind of sticking up, like Okinawa wanted to be more, well, go back to Japan. It's all Japan coming as a prosperous nation after the war, and the Okinawans at the moment, they're extremely dependent on the Americans. To break the dependency, going back to Japan, becoming Okinawa prefecture, seemed quite promising. And movements of this grew, especially when sort of Japan had the Tokyo Olympics. There was the Tokyo Relay, the Olympic torch relay, let's just go to Okinawa, and there was lots and lots of support for this, even though it wasn't Okinawa anymore, right? And this led to one of the first elections of Okinawa, or the Kingdom of Ryukyu, this Ryukyu government happened. The first elected well, Prime Minister, leader, he was very in favour for, well, going back to Japan. He succeeded in this, and in 1972, on May the 15th, Okinawa became Okinawa Prefecture again. It was no longer the, the Ryukyu government, but a prefecture of Japan. And I'm going to play a little piece from the Prime Minister of Ryukyu government about this, because it's really sums up the problems, but then go on afterwards. It's in Japanese, but I'll explain a little bit after. Okinawa so what he basically said there was we've just taken like a small step forward but it hasn't solved all the problems and there's more to come but doing taking this step is a right way in the right direction because even though Okinawa went back to Japan, the American army bases still stayed. And now, 70% of the Americans who are in Japan, the American troops, are sent in Okinawa. Like, compared to all the other places the American troops are in Japan, Okinawa has the largest amount. And you can really understand their presence when you came here. So when I came to Okinawa, I stayed in Okinawa City, and a place called Koza. And this basically is right next to one of the biggest American army bases. And in 1970, there were actually big riots here. The Corso Bordo, the Corso riots, like anti-American riots. Because, like we said, just listen to that previous piece. There was a lot of problems still going on. Because the Americans are still here. And a lot of the problems are actually sort of cases, crimes. What weren't going counted for. The Americans can commit certain crimes on the Okinawan people and get away with it. And the ones in particular were plane crashes. Throughout the American location, well, there was wars going on, they had the Vietnam War as well. So, Okinawa was the main base for planes to take off. So America would keep going these war efforts. And a lot of them, when they come back, some of them crashed. There was a big one in 1986, where B-52 crashed, which supposedly also was carrying a nuclear weapon. So, aha. Uh-huh. And there was another one in 1969 where basically a plane crashed into a gas leak, what killed some Okinawan people. It goes on actually more recently as well. Like there was one in 2004 when a Chinook crashed 
killing several people and we had an orchid helicopter crashed in 2016 and there was another plane crash in 2017 like this keeps on going on it's like it's not ending like it's still today this is modern history and this sort of cases are still coming on and when i was in okino i could kind of understand this a lot because you hear it a lot you hear the planes like the jet fighters flying over it's really noisy and it doesn't feel like mainland japan at all it feels very well like a different country like it's still well, still, the war was still going on. It was a bit of an odd feeling. And there's another one recently being an issue with the PCR cancers. As everyone know, corona is going on. And every time a new wave of corona happens in Japan, it happens in Okinawa first. Mainly because it comes from, through America. It comes through the American army bases. Because, well, supposedly, some of them don't take PCR cancers when coming in. And that leads to a spread in the army base, which then leaks out into Okinawa. So it's a bit of unease there, with the corona pandemic. And one thing I did really feel while being here, it doesn't feel as, well, like Japan. It even feel like an American mix between Japan and America. It feels very unique in a way. It still feels like, hmm, same bit rude, a little bit like an occupied nation, really. But I don't think that's really gone bad on the Okinawan people. Because, well, they're still like Japanese in a way. That they're very nice, lovely, they're good spirits. Extremely friendly. And I think this just shows one of the strengths of, say, the Japanese style education. And just Japanese and Okinawan people in general. Like, even though some hardships in life, they can still go on and, well, live a good life. Just be proud of their culture. Look forward to both doing good things and making the place better for everyone. Though with my personal opinion about the Americans in Okinawa, I really don't think there's a need for so much gates everywhere. Like, it's Japan after all, really. Like, Japanese people, they won't steal anything. Like, maybe integrating the American army more of the Japanese population and just keeping up the army side a little bit more recluse. Maybe a better option, because it feels really weird, like, especially when I was taking the bus and I was just going alongside one of these bases, it's like one side's Japan, the other side's America. Like, you can see the very clear divide, it was a bit odd. And there's, like I said before, like, there's a lot of history there, and the problems are not really solved, and I'm not really sure if they will be anytime soon with the current state in the Pacific, and geopolitics and stuff like that. But I think this makes Okinawa a bit more interesting, a bit more mm, accessible for a Westerner in a way. Because you have a lot of American culture there, you can always find people who speak English much more easily. And as long as you get a rental car, most of the places are really easy to get around. Because still, even despite a lot of it being occupied by Americans, Okinawa is still a lovely place to visit. And if you come to Japan, like, Okinawa is one of the top places you have to visit. So, instead of being a depressing episode about Okinawa, we're going to end it a bit more lightly about a funny story I had of a bus driver. As the previous said, in 1972, Okinawa, so the, the Ryukyu government, or was the American occupation, ended, and it went back to Japan, to Okinawa, Okinawa Prefecture, 
But this led to an odd dilemma, because in the previous American rule, they were driving on the right side of the road, but Japan drives on the left side of the road. So, when the restoration came back and they went back to Okinawa Prefecture, well, they needed to change the side of the road to be more in line with Japan. And this led to very interesting, I don't think anyone in the world probably else had this but Okinawa. It's like a shift between the left and the right side of the road. And you think it's very simple, right? You think it's just going to be, oh, we just drive on the other side of the road. No, it's not. Actually, it's quite <laughs> complex. And it's a lot of work when you think about it, because you've got to change all the signs. You also have to change certain styles of roads. As if you've been on the right side, certain turns will be much easier to make. But if you're now turning on the left, you've got to make a much sharper turn. So a lot of stuff like the crossings and over the cities has to get changed. So there's a lot of work in there. And that's why you've got to switch the cars, people get used to driving on the other side of the road. And this took several years after. And in 1978, on July the 30th, it was all set in place for the road to finally be switched to the left side of the road. So I thought that'd be a little interesting facts and a little interesting story from Okinawa because I was trying to this bus drive. It was quite interesting just going back and just like, well, back in my day when I was a wee kid, we used to drive on the other side of the road. I was like, oh, I was like, saw the hair. Like, in there because you're occupied by Americans. Like, yeah. And I was like, ah. That's a cool little bit of history I learned from a bus from a bus driver who was a lady. And it was a very lovely conversation. So in some of the next episodes, instead of talking more about Okinawa history, what's well, a bit sad really because you think about it, because it's still with the Americans occupation kinda of going on. But we're gonna talk about some nice things to do in Okinawa. Yay! Some tourism sites I visited while here. What I think you should check out too. So, Mina-san, Saigamani, Kitsukuru, Arigatou Masuda, Enjoy!